Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is episode six of This Is Us 2 with Mary and Blake. It all just sort of fits somehow. And even if you don't understand how yet, people will die in our lives, people that we love. In the future, maybe tomorrow, maybe years from now. I mean, it's kind of beautiful, right? If you think about it, the fact that just because someone dies, just because you can't see them or talk to them anymore, it doesn't mean they're not still in the painting. I think maybe that's the point of the whole thing. There's no dying. There's no you or me or them. It's just us. And this sloppy, wild, colorful, magical thing that has no beginning, that has no end, it's right here. I think it's us. From Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC, so sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hey everyone, welcome back. My name's Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I literally cannot watch football with Anybody. Anybody. I cannot watch football with anybody. <laughs> you watch it with me. Well, yeah. I mean, other than you. I mean, other than you, I... I if it's a football... If it's the Patriots... If the, if the Patriots are on, I am not watching it with anybody else. And I can actually tell you the exact time when I realized there was no such thing as Blake and football and other people other than my wife. Tell me. The year was 2010, my friends. Ah, uh, good year, good year. The, the year was 2010, and the Patriots were in the playoffs against the lowly New York Jets. And two weeks prior to this playoffs beginning, the Patriots had smoked the Jets with Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan and those jabronis, 45-3. to And yes, while I had gone through the Super Bowl loss, the one that shall not be named with David Tyree, and the miracle catch against his helmet, I knew that I was going to be okay. So I invited, my wife and I, uh, we invited tons of people tons over of people. To, to our tons. house. To our house. And we figured, you know what? They're going to smoke the Jets again. And we're going to go on. We're gonna, it's going to be great. We're going to have a great party. It'll be wonderful. About halfway through the game, things start to take a turn. My, the sea was angry that day, my friends. The sea was angry. And the Patriots were losing. Epically. <laughs> and they were losing very badly. And at this point, I, I got smashed. <laughs> Absolutely smashed. And I sequestered myself upstairs to the bedroom. Without telling anybody. Without saying a word to a single person. Including me. <laughs> including Mary. And I watched the rest of the game, drunk, 
<laughs> and, and alone, and miserable, and alone. And I didn't want to be around anybody <laughs> in my bed. That's right. And uh, people were leaving. They were coming up to say goodbye to me, and I didn't care. Eventually, I even went downstairs to do dishes to give the signal to the rest of the crowd to get the hell out of my house. Oh, my God. You are so mopey. And I will give <laughs> a good friend of ours a lot of credit. She came up to me, and she was saying, it's, it, you know, it's okay, Blake. Don't, don't worry about it. It's, it's just a game, and I'm putting the dishes away. And all I wanted to do was take that plate and smash it against her face as hot as I could. You are terrible. And that is when I realized there was no such thing as football and Blake and parties and with other people. Oh <laughs> because I, it's just not a good, it's not a good situation for me. I, I, I take football very seriously. I, I do not mess around. And uh, and even even my wife knows. Remember in 2011 when the Patriots lost the Super Bowl, and we just sat in our basement. Yep, I'm glad I had <laughs> with, knitting with, with me with no um, words. Yep, I yes, <laughs> yes I do. We, I think we sat in silence for about a good 20 minutes. I think you need a new hobby. I think Mary was even smarter when we lost Super Bowl <laughs> in this past season, and she was away. I think she knew in advance that probably not a good idea to be around Blake. So we these get times. football families. Yes, we, we to- get those. We totally understand it. All right, so let's get into the show. So the title for this episode was called The Game Plan, which is apropos because that would be indicative of a football game plan and also how it relates to their lives of what they're going to do. Both all, both generations of the Pearsons, what are they going to do with their lives going forward? The director was George Tillman, who has many credits, but the biggest ones are actually Luke Cage. That's on Netflix. The uh, Outlander fans will be familiar with this next one, Power, yep. on Stars. And he's uh, done movies like Faster and Notorious. So this guy's a pretty legit director. And the writer was Joe Lawson, who's actually written one of my favorite shows on Netflix, BoJack Horseman. Uh, Jane the Virgin and Modern Family. All right. So and those are the details. What do you got for your lemonade rating, my darling? On a scale of one to five, one to five, I give this episode a four point eight. Solidly good. A couple of things that I was like Meh, about, but for the most part, a great, great episode. You and I are are in the exact same train. I gave this one a four point eight because uh, it was actually the same grade that I gave the previous episode. I think it was mm-hmm. right on par, and I'll tell you why. All right. It was a small story. Very heartwarming story. Not a huge twist. Although, there's a big reveal. There is, but not a twist. It's not a twist. Not a manipulative twist. They just took the episode and said, we've done the past, we've done the present, and we're just going to slip in a little bit of future in here. Just going to slip in it right there. Right, but there's some other stuff in there that, that's that's going on too. Yeah. So, All right, what, so GBG, what, what is you your good, your bad, and your great for this episode? Oh, so you want me to go? Yes, please. Okay, the good was more role reversal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's Jack who wants the kids. Mm -hmm. And it's Rebecca saying, I like our lives, I don't want to change it, let's not do that. And of course, we always find that out. It's the opposite in a lot of television shows. Uh, And it's usually the guy that's pushing pushing back here Mm -hmm. for for kids. And Mm -hmm. I love the fact that this show has made a job out of reversing all of these kind of stereotypical roles, Mm -hmm. which, again, is not something that we would anticipate from a network television show. Usually they play into all the tropes because that's what they they do, right? Yes. 
So I really like that. The bad. Dude. What? Toby. <sighs> Bro, what what are you doing? What are you doing? The, the Toby should be arrested for crimes against humanity. <laughs> Not for, getting the drift. For this stupid, stupid move. I mean... Inviting a friend over who understands football just because of fantasy football. Oh, and you know what? I We all got those friends. We all got them friends that, you know, that they just play fantasy and they watch it for fantasy. They don't have any allegiance. But th- the, oh, the the irreconcilable differences that I would note mm-hmm. <laughs> in these divorce proceedings would be pausing the game. Oh my gosh. To talk. No, 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 no. Like I'm all about no, no, muting no, no, no. during the commercials. I can I can get on board with that. That's the chatting don't, time. Nobody want to hear commercials. Nope. Mute that. Nope. Don't don't even care about commercials. But pausing whatsoever. in the game. Shame, Toby. Shame. No. Gets a big old bad. No. Big pa- old B. Come on, man. What's your great? That's the second come on, man. I've given in this in this podcast so far. Um, the great was Randall sitting on the bed with Williams clothes. Oh, I'm folding and, them up and putting them into a box. Oh, and it opens this us up to flash forwards yes. in this show. I mean, hell yes. Hell, hell. As much as I hate Toby right now with the hell no, I'm all about the Randall with the hell yes right Correct. now. And I, I listen, some take development here, uh-huh. okay? Take development. Okay. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm fully on board, but okay. this I got the nerds in the hall working on this one, okay? I'm not quite sure how I feel knowing that Jack is dead so soon. Oh. Because it's going to be sad every time I see he and Rebecca going forward. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Like, no matter what I know now, Jack is dead. Well, because we had the idea of the, how they were speaking about him, but now it is 100% confirmed. Mm-hmm. He's gone. He is dead. Dead, gonzo, donezo, see you later, goodbye. And it's been at least 10 years. It's been at least 10 years because oh that is gosh. what- Oh my gosh, that's what That Kate is what said. Kate said, right? So it makes me wonder, oh. it makes me wonder- Stop. If things get bad between Kate. Jack, uh, Jack and Rebecca. Oh. That way we don't have to feel so bad about him about Jack dying about Jack dying and him being a 12 because maybe he doesn't become a 12 maybe he's a 6 or a 7 what do you mean oh the 12 the dad okay mm-hmm. I doubt that I feel like Jack's I don't know I don't know maybe who knows take development that's all I'm saying okay oh, yes. alright what do you right. got my good for my GBG my good is Randall's enthusiasm about the night on the town <laughs> the night on the town he goes in he's like yeah first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna have sex and then we're gonna do this and we're not gonna fall asleep watching House Hunters <laughs> And we're going to eat burgers in bed. We're going to eat burgers. (laughs) (laughs) And what are we going to get on pay-per-view? And then when Beth tells him that she's late, his reaction. (laughs) That's just that face. His reaction is just like a, you're kidding me. (laughs) Like, like, no, ew, no, 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 no. So I just loved that whole entire scene. Um, My bad was the awkward fighting in the bar in public between Jack and Rebecca. Uh Um, Granted, so important for this plot point. I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been there. I'm just saying as someone who's been on the other side of the table when a couple fights in public 
it's really yeah. freaking weird. <laughs> <laughs> like we have totally been Miguel and and Shelly. Yes, where we're like, hey, let's yeah. go get another drink. Let's go get more drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're just sitting there and you're like squirming in your pants watching that because you've you've seen those people or maybe you've been those people or maybe you've been the friends of those people. And then the great was that ending. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this depth with Kevin. Um, I feel like the first few episodes, we really just got to see, like, you know, just a, a fake shell of a person with Kevin being this, oh, you're sure. you're on TV, you, you look great. Um, but I loved how he was able to have the scene with William and then with the girls and talk about how he's never even shown anybody, not even Kate, this these paintings mm-hmm. and his description of life. And to really kind of get that depth from him um, – was was awesome for her him as a character. So I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the whole ending, how they were able to just do these little shots that we've seen frequently before, frequently of the kids in the pool. And then we saw the family sitting down watching football. And how I'm taking this is that we are going to see all of these scenes if we've not already seen them. So we already saw the kids in the pool before playing mm-hmm. with the football. Then now we got to see a scene of them sitting on the floor, like how Jack described, sitting on the floor watching football as a family with their little towels and everything. I think we're going to actually see that as a full scene. Even Randall packing up William's stuff as a quick little blip. I think we will see that as a full scene. And that's right. something that the show is doing. You know, they had the quick little blip of the big three and their little baby newborn onesies. So I like how they are really interweaving this like it's a quilt. And there's little patches and then there's bigger patches. Mm-hmm. And it really, it's, it's a beautiful tapestry that they were <laughs> able to do in this ending and through the show in general. So that's look, look my Look at you GPG. with an SAT word. What? A tapestry. That's an SAT word? Well, I feel like it's bordering SAT. You do remember that I scored incredibly well in the SATs, I know, right? I, and I didn't. Scholarship. I did <laughs> when it was based on 1600, I think I got, I think I got an 1100. <laughs> I didn't have to pay for college. We'll put it that way. Yeah, so, it's, okay. It's, so, and now I podcast. <laughs> <laughs> way to go, brains. Yay. The more okay. you know. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so that's our GBGs. And now let's jump into this episode a bit yep. about uh, life. That's that's what this episode was. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. That's that's all I'm going to say. No. Um, it's my my best Jeff Goldblum impression. From okay. Jurassic, from, from Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I wasn't picking that up, but now I got it. Okay. <laughs> so it was about birth and the middle and and finding and losing each other mm-hmm. and and death and I and the discussions that you can have whether you can be excited or not excited about new life mm-hmm. and how you feel about death. Are you scared of it? Um, I loved. Yeah. Let's start. Let's start with the babes. Let's start with the pregnant people. The pregnant peeps. Let's start at the beginning of life. <laughs> okay, what do you got? So we have Randall and Beth, who are at first shocked and nervous about being pregnant. And then that moment that they have in the bathroom, where they're like, this is going to be okay. We don't need to go to South Carolina with those punk-ass kids who are going to break into the, <laughs> to the house. And Randall even says it would be nice to have a son. And they kind of have this moment of like, it is going to be okay. And it was a beautiful moment as a couple. Once again, we are crushing hard on the Randall Beth couple. Yes, you know relationship goals. Even then, when they're fighting, getting the um, the the birth control test. When he's like, "We're enjoying the pill," and she's like, "Well, I took a little bit of medicine about you know a few weeks ago that might have thrown it off." And he's like, "Might have thrown it off," and she's like, "Oh, this is my my fault." Yeah. Um, and then and then they were able to really recover from that. So I loved seeing that versus as you were talking about the role reversal of. Jack and Rebecca talking mm-hmm. about getting pregnant and how she could still say, I see our future with kids. I just, I don't know. When is the time that 
you're ready. You know, Jack asked that of Miguel. When did you guys know you were ready? Oh, about four months into her pregnancy. Which and that's I the totally conversation <laughs> that you used to have with your guy friends who are older. You know, like when you asked your friend who, um, your your friend Scott, you had asked him, he had already had three kids. He was like maybe 10 years older or so. And you're like, hey, when do you guys know when you were ready to start having kids? And he said, you never know. You never know. You never, ever know. And I, and I totally relate to this one. By the way, hashtag your boy Miguel. Kids, wife. He, he has a wife and kids. <laughs> What happens to his wife and kids <laughs> later on? Oh my God, you're right. Does he just leave his wife and kids? <laughs> and he be- just become someone else's grandpa. Dude, your boy Miguel. I'm not. I'm not on board he's with not Miguel. my boy. He's, he's totally your boy. Um, no, I totally agree though with with Miguel. You, you, you just never know. Yes, you, you, you're never ready. Everyone says, "Oh, you know, we want to put our ducks in a row. We want to save the money. life plan. The life plan. You know, take that life plan, rip it up." burn the ashes and then throw them out the window because you never know no amount of money no amount of planning is ever 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 going to get you ready for children and having this conversation juxtaposed against the future conversation that jack has with rebecca in terms of listen I love you and nothing is going to get in the way of that. So if it becomes between you and children, I will choose you every time. And that is also something that I can relate heavily to. Because when we had our children, Mary and I promised each other that we would always put each other first. Correct. That without each other, there is no family. There is nothing. And Yes, it's hard to do that sometimes. It's hard to do that when, you know, your your two-year-old is is crying in the middle of the night and you're <laughs> mad at one thing or another, which happens all the time, mm-hmm. um, more often than I care to admit at least. It's it's hard to put each other first. It's hard when you're tired and you get home from work and you and you're just like, "Oh my god, I I got to go to bed, man. I got to get some sleep." <laughs> um, but you have to you have to you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, so many people, when they're thinking about having kids, they often reflect upon their own family experience. I mean, even Rebecca was talking about how she didn't want to just be like her mom. You know, her sole job was to have children and you couldn't interrupt dad while he's watching football. You know, that was like a a no thing. You were not allowed to do anything. And yet how when you got to see when Rebecca and Jack and the three kids are sitting on the floor, how they really created their own spin on family. How when they did accept it, when they did decide to have a family, you know, you don't, a lot of people are afraid to have kids and start a family because of the scarring or just because of their upbringing and they don't want to do the same thing to their kids. Mm -hmm. And I love how they didn't. They did the exact opposite. You know, the kids are a really huge part of it. You see them cheering. You see how excited Kate is as as Jack picks her up and puts the hat on her. Like they were (laughs) super involved with that. And I think that that's another big thing is when you become these parents, you get to choose how it is that you want to be, you know, as a parent. And even like Randall and, and Beth, Fantastic parents. Look at how well they've been raising those kids. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. I, I mean, I, listen, I, I I think that the show has done a very good job so far at characterizing uh, the, the people that we're watching and giving them their own unique, uh, for the lack of a better term, characteristics and making them their own people. 
which is important for a show like this because while it is an ensemble, but that ensemble requires so much more attention to detail about those specific people to actually make them more believable. Yes. I mean, even for for Kevin, right? For Kevin to be so self-doubting mm-hmm. and for Randall to be so confident in his in his self mm-hmm. in who he is and what he does and then Jack to be so warm and loving at least in the beginning part, part. but th- even then following it up saying you know I know I screwed up he took ownership and uh, I'm going to be a 12 for mm-hmm. you you know that kind of thing and then even having this character arc with Rebecca going from not wanting to have kids even though secretly admitting that she she kind of saw it in her future it. yeah but that arc of not wanting kids at all to having triplets and being a very good, warm, loving mother. Mm-hmm. And this is, by the way, all within the first five freaking episodes. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. big deal. And that's also the beauty of dealing with a show that has a lot of flash forwards, flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You can characterize people very quickly, which is why Lost is such a tremendous show. It can do, it could do rather, all of these things very quickly it doesn't have to follow a single narrative from point a to point b to point c it's giving you like kevin's painting (laughs) speaking of that painting by the way listen i know i gave you i gave you some take development earlier about jack and not not being okay with the idea of knowing that he is dead so soon I refuse to be take cornered, okay? I'm not going to be take cornered. What does that even mean? I'm not going to be... What, nobody are these, puts, what are these words? Nobody puts baby in a corner, okay? I know that, but I don't understand how that's applying to what's, what we're discussing <laughs> well, right now. I don't want to be locked into that take, so I can't oh. be take cornered. Okay. Okay? Okay. So here is why You're I, using your hands a lot. It's distracting. I'm trying to understand I'm this sorry. new phrase. I'm no, sorry. I'm just trying to follow your lead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be take cornered, okay? okay. I, I'm going to be... I'm going to push away. And I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to cover my ass. Are you ready for this? Yep. Please watch your language there. Children listening. Sorry. I may be okay with knowing Jack is dead specifically because of the little speech that Kevin gives at the end of the episode to Randall's girls. Essentially, what we had played at the beginning of this episode is that the life... <laughs> Life, capital L, life, is one big painting. So whether Jack is dead or Jack is alive, there's no need necessarily to be sad about it. Mm -hmm. There's no need to be worried about it because Jack, amidst death or life or in between, will always be part of this story. He will always always have a role in what's being played. So that foreknowledge of him being dead is more of a celebration of life. And it's almost like the writers kind of knew with the reveal. It's not a twist, it's a reveal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's there's a distinct difference. The, The writers kind of knew that revealing this in my opinion would be kind of a downer right yeah because from then on in well especially in this episode where it's jack wanting children right and now you see that his daughter has his urn and you really know 
you know that his children are fatherless and that this was so important, especially to Kate, for Kate to say, you know, I watched this with my dad. And now you know that she's been watching it with his urn all these years. And you've seen in the past, you just saw him say he's going to be a 12. You just you see how seriously he wants to be a dad. And it just stinks to know that he's not able to now be there in his adult children's lives. But what this little monologue does is that it gives a legitimate reason to this not or well mm-hmm. not a legitimate reason to his death but it gives uh texture to his death yeah and it tells us all like listen it's okay if he's dead he's never really dead there is no death it's just life this is us and it's more of a thesis statement not only for this episode but i, I, I pretty i think straightforward is it's a thesis statement for this entire show no mm-hmm. matter what happens it is one tapestry for that your your SAT word wicked smart wicked smart guy it's one tapestry for us that goes on ad infinitum that's ultimately what it comes down to and more importantly by the way that sequence that Kevin talks about about uh, a guy 100 years ago coming Mm -hmm. over on a boat Mm -hmm. and who had a kid and that kid had another kid and that kid had me yes that sequence of him uh, of the guy walking in, in the kind of bad CGI <laughs> in front of New York and then showing uh, Jack's dad and Jack sitting watching mm-hmm. football and then Jack playing football with Kevin yes. and then Kevin talking to the little girls. Yes. It's it's four or five generations of Pearsons all in a, in a matter of five seconds, six seconds and how it ties the entire episode and really the entire five arc yes five episode arc that they've had so far with those little flashes of them playing catch with the football in the pool or of the big three listen you know each each uh episode has been written by either fogelman or or don todd but this guy joe lawson here who wrote this episode uh, i give him a lot of credit he had a lot a lot of big shoes to fill it, with his writing, and he did so, in my opinion, in in spades. Mm-hmm. I, I think he he really cre- he really crafted a good textured environment for our characters. Although I will say, and I'm not sure, I want to get your opinion on this. What did you? I I felt like I felt like Randall and Beth were. It was almost like filler, almost. Like they didn't know what to do with them. No, I felt the opposite. I okay. felt like here is the possibility of new life. And how would you be feel about this possibility of new life when you feel like your life is set? You weren't thinking about new life. You're okay. you're juggling a lot right now. What you know what I mean? I, I to me it was whole circle of life. Like there possibly could be a pregnancy in the present tense. So I didn't find it as filler. I didn't. Okay. What I am interested to learn more about is William. So I loved the the scene with Kevin reading the script to the girls and they're trying to do all the lines and he asks William, you know, I don't I don't mean to be rude, but do you know how to read? <laughs> and he gives William the the book and he said, "Oh man, have you ever done voice acting? You'd sound like a wise owl in a Pixar film." And <laughs> um but what William did is Really, he, you know, he was questioning Kevin. Oh, you're writing a lot in that. And do you know what you're discussing? And remember, William's nickname from the bus driver was Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So William's, William in this episode knew a little too much about 
whether it was scripts or something. Um, well, he wrote poetry. But I feel like I feel like there's something more for him to be like, oh, you. I'm excited to see. I feel I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited to <laughs> to like know a little bit more about William before you're, he dies. You're not going to get take cornered. That's what's going to happen. You're. you're <laughs> I just want to know more about him because I feel like there's a lot of depth to him that we still don't know. And of course, we know he's going to die. But I'm, I just want to get to know him a little bit more. And I loved what he was able to do with Kevin when Kevin was feeling so good, and then he started that spiral. And you know how you could do that? Like I do it when I talk to you, and you do it when you talk to me. You could do it with any close friend, and heck, anybody. When you see them start to deteriorate their self confidence as they're speaking, they sure. are becoming that little devil on their shoulder, and you have to say, "No, stop! Don't be the dopey Labrador." Right? Yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, and I, I love the relationship that Kevin has with these young girls. He's it's really these past couple of episodes with Kevin has really blossomed him as a character. And one funny thing that I, I think the writers did too was, you know, we were all looking forward to Kevin going to Randall's house and then having this interaction of of the two brothers. We were like, what's going to happen? Like, yes. I can't wait for them to interact. And what did they do? More subversion. They said, oh yeah, Kevin's there, but guess what? Kicking Randall out. Randall's out now. Even their interaction. Right. When they're in the kitchen and Kevin says, I don't like blueberries. And the girl's like, I don't want blueberries either. And Randall is so nice. He's like, so so we've got to talk. And Beth is the one. When are you going to (laughs) go? When when, when are you going to leave? (laughs) We're just like, and then you showed up and Beth's like, unannounced. (laughs) Total Taurus. Right? Oh my gosh. Total Taurus. I love Beth. Taurus for days. So you're right. That's going to be another great thing to to look into is to see how that brother relationship was as young kids, but then also really what it transforms into as as adults. So overall, I really enjoyed this episode. I don't want to be that guy, but I kind of have to be that guy just for one second, if you don't mind. That guy. I got to be that guy for just tell one me, second. Tell me. Is it me or is it a little creepy that Kate watches football with an urn of ashes? Is it a, and they put a hat on it and it's just like oh. I think the hat was Toby's way of trying something. Oh, I just I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying like I know people some they, people they, have got ashes things. in their necklace, and they like wear the ashes all day, every day. It reminds me of Angelina Jolie when she was dating Billy Bob Thorne. They wore a vial of blood on their necklace of no, each other's blood. I don't Do you remember see that? It like that? And I doubt, <laughs> I doubt she actually like takes the urn down and like cuddle. You know what I mean? Puts a hat on. I don't think she does. She that. cuddles the urn. <laughs> I don't think that's what happens. But you know, uh, I mean, people handle deaths like that in very different here's a, ways here's something that, uh, that just popped up in my brain as we're talking about this why is it that kate has the ashes why wouldn't uh why wouldn't rebecca right something i'm telling you something some, I, I i think the writers are telling us something bad's gonna happen between rebecca and jack something bad because if you've noticed so far maybe the, they split it up maybe he had a lot of ash I don't know. I don't have an urn. I, I, I actually we have an urn in my house. Ew. We do. My, well, my dad does. Where? It's it's from my aunt. Like my aunt. That's like my great aunt. That <laughs> my family couldn't afford at at the time. They couldn't afford to put it. Oh my god! It's just cremator. some random great aunt. Yeah. So, so my auntie Muriel. <laughs> <laughs> they could they couldn't afford to it's put it. It's not her, like your mom's ashes no, or no, someone no, no. close it's to you. My auntie Muriel. <laughs> they they couldn't <laughs> afford to get uh, an urn. So my mom's like, yeah, we'll pay for the urn. So my, dad, my dad's like, I'll pay for the urn, but it's staying here. It's my urn. 
also, Auntie Muriel's on the ledge. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my I can't god. even. I can't even with you. Oh my god! I love it. All right. Well, let's close out the show on that note. Sorry, Muriel. <laughs> Sorry, Auntie. Much love. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for taking a listen to this next episode. We're really excited because we're going to watch the next episode tomorrow. And then we're going to record the day after that. So hold on tight, Spider Monkeys, because another episode's coming your way really soon. Give a big shout out to Happy Cappy 84 on iTunes. Wrote in saying, I love it. Mary and Blake are so fun and easy to listen to. I've listened to all of their podcasts and highly recommend them. This one included... They talk about the episodes in depth with intelligence without being stuffy or boring. The tone is light, warm, and friendly, and I love that they are including personal stories that relate to the episodes, too. It feels like you're hanging with friends with New England accents. So thank you so much. And if you could take the time to leave us a written review, that would make us happy, too. So, guys, have a great day. And for now, I'm Mary. My name is Blake. And this is Us, Too. My little brother's friends have been camped out at our place for two days straight. Three. It's because of the Xfinity 10G network. Internet that can handle a house full of screens at once with, like, basically no interruptions. And it's only getting faster. When I was their age, internet like this was a pipe dream. You sound like my grandpa. Please go home. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.